Good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. Um, pray that we've been a blessing to you. And we come in coming to you talking about living for God in a godless society. Um, pray for my voice tonight, a little bit hoarse. Been dealing with some allergies, but I solicit your prayers. But we're going to get into this. We want to get into the word of the Lord. So we're talking about living for God in a godless society. This is part three. Part three of this message. And lastly, we talked about community, how you need to put people around you if you want to live for God in this godless society. You got to put get people around you, mature people, people who are consistent, have the same values as you do. Um, also want to live for God, you know, and you have to uh, put good people around you. So it does matter who you hang around with. Okay. It does matter. Maybe you've had friends, you know, from the past who are not, who don't cherish and value the same things you like. Well, <clears throat> you may have to um, get rid of those friends. And ask God to put people in your life that's going to help you live in this godless society. Because we know what this society is. It is a society that does not value the things of God. They don't value things of God. And so as believers, we value the things of God. Okay. And so therefore, you have to put people around you that are have the same value, same commitment. Who's going to hold you accountable even when you're doing things wrong and give you good godly advice? <clears throat> we also dealt with, start out talking about what God called us to be holy. Okay, so what is holy? What does it mean? It means to be distinct. It means to be different. Now, I did make a point. Different doesn't mean better. It's the same principle as there are all different kinds of races, okay, in the world. but no, no race is better than the other because God created us all. But holiness does mean because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are different. We are distinct. And God called us to that. So we're going to get into this tonight. We've been coming from the book of Daniel. Okay. Daniel is our example of how to live holy or how to live godly in a godless society. And so we're going to, tonight we're going to talk about choosing God's truth. Now, some of you may be saying, but well, what is truth? We're going to get into that. We're talking about if you're going to live for God in this godless society, you got to choose God's truth. So we're going to, the first scripture, I want to read my foundational scripture, uh, Daniel chapter one, verse 17 through 20. <clears throat> and it says, God gave these four men an unusual aptitude of understanding in every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was complete, the chief staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them. 
and no one impressed him more than Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they entered the royal service. Whenever the, the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and, and balance judgment, he found them 10 times more capable than any other magician and enchanter in his entire kingdom. So we see here, Daniel, we talk about Daniel, how Daniel chose to be different, even when Israel, remember, they're in slavery by the Babylonians. They've been captive by them. <clears throat> And Daniel still chose that his friends, um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Etherai, they chose to be different. They chose to eat different. They chose, we talked last week, how they chose not to be, eat the same thing as the other uh, young men who was going through this training period. They chose to eat separate. And we know God blessed them when they chose because we know based on the dietary uh, covenant that, that Israel made with God, there's certain things they could not eat. <clears throat> so therefore, they told the person who was over them, says, look, you know, we're going to eat vegetables and water and test us for 10 days. And in 10 days, if we don't look more healthier than the ones who eaten the Babylonian food, then we're starting Babylon and God blessed them and they look more healthier than the other young men who were eating the Babylonian food. And so we see here that Nebuchadnezzar recognized that these young men, these four young men were anointed by God. They had the ability to interpret things gave them wisdom. They were more 10 times better than the other young men. And so this tells us that, hey, whenever you live for God, whenever every born again believer, God has anointed us. The anointed, it says, destroys the yoke. The anointed gives us the advantage. You know, some things people may went to school for, God anointed you to do it. <clears throat> people have degrees you may be doing some people have degrees for, but God anointed you to do it. And so this is, God had a special anoint on these young men. And so Nebuchadnezzar saw that they were more, had more wisdom. Their judgments was better. You know, they was 10 times better than everybody else. So we see is that Daniel must have known the evil reputation of the Babylonians. Okay. And he knew that what would be forced into his psyche doing his three-year indoctrination program in the art of this occult. So Daniel knew about this reputation. So he knew the thing that might probably have to be forced on him. And so here's the thing about it. When we live in this godless society and you work in the society, we got to work. Okay, we have to work. We have to have jobs. And there may be certain things that we try to force on us. And so you have to be aware of that. Okay. Because the world will try to indoctrinate you with their program. Just like Daniel. The Bible don't tell you that. They will try to, he will try to indoctrinate you with their program. The world will try to do that. So we have to be careful. And this is why we got to know the word of God. We got to know God's truth. This is what it, 
We're talking about choosing God's truth. So, but Daniel and his friends were prepared by God's truth. They knew God's character. And in the 17th verse, God gave these four young men learning and the skills in all literature and wisdom. And they could hold on to God's truth and still be considered excellent scholars in the evil cult. So see we are here, they had balance, okay? They had balance. They knew <clears throat> they were working in an evil culture, but you know what? God gave them skillful learning. God gave them the ability to be able to navigate even in this godless society. And God will give us the same thing, okay? He will give us the ability to navigate, to know what's right, to stand on his truth, to know what to stand for, what not to stand for, how to negotiate. This is what God gave Daniel and his friends the ability to do. And he will give us the same thing. But one thing I like we said here, it says, <clears throat> Daniel knew God's character. My question to you tonight is, do you know the character of your God? Okay, because that's important. Because when you get in trouble, when things happen, to you when things come against you and then we're just like we're going to read as we get into the, the book of Daniel some things that happened to him and his friends do you know God's character do you and all the way to know God's character is you have to know the truth of God's word okay I'm not talking about religion but I'm talking about relationship you have to know the truth of God's word in order to understand your God and his character okay so this is why we it's important to know the truth. So we too can live with spiritual resolve, like Daniel and his friends. When the lies of our cultures spin around us, the word of God is always certain, always true. Okay, so we can be just like Daniel and them. So, because this culture is gonna lie to you. This culture is trying gonna try to get you to compromise. Okay. And get you to buy into what they're selling. The lies of the enemy. They're going to try to get you. Now, I'm not saying all culture is bad. But some of the things that our culture is doing, this, this worldly culture, this godless society is doing, is trying to get us to get away from God's truth of his word. So you understand God's word is always certain and always true. The darker the world becomes, <clears throat> the more we need to immerse ourselves in the light and truth of God's word so that it is the benchmark for both belief and behavior. So the world's going to get dark. We know that. Okay. It's going to get dark. But guess what? Remember I said in, I believe in the first message, we are the light of the world we are the salt of the earth god called us to be we have responsibility to be light and salt okay so the darker the world gets the more we need to immense ourselves in the word of god in his truth we got to get to know that okay because it's gonna get darker you know as days go on as years pass satan is you know he doesn't know he doesn't have much time so you need to understand it's going to get darker so the question I want to ask you tonight is, are you prepared for it? 
Are you prepared for dark times? How bright is your light going to be shining? Or are you going to be influenced, okay, by the godless society that we live in? Or are you going to be living for God even in a world that does not value the things of God? So the word of God is the benchmark for our belief and our behavior. Okay. So the question you ask yourself, what do you believe? Because what you believe will affect your behavior. Okay. You need to say it again. What do you believe? Ask yourself, what do you believe? Because what you believe will affect your behavior. So in, in, in recent years, um, tolerance has become a virtue. And here's what it says. It says, you believe what you want to believe and I'll believe what I want. You believe what you want, I'll believe what I want and everybody be happy. That is the mindset of a godless society. You know, everybody believe what they want to believe. You believe what I want. You believe what you want to believe and everybody's going to be happy. But if everybody did what, what they wanted, it wouldn't take long for chaos and anarchy to reign. Okay. So if everybody just did whatever they want, imagine, just an example, look at the traffic. Imagine if everybody had a choice of whether they want to stop at a stop sign or, not, or a traffic light. Can you imagine the chaos that we would have if everybody just did what they want to do in traffic? Because I'm pretty sure you can imagine traffic is, is, is tough enough now, okay, with, with even the rules, the laws that we have put in place. But imagine if we just had no rules. Human beings have always wanted to reserve the right to determine spiritual truth. <laughs> okay. Human beings, that's what we want to do. We want to reserve the right to determine our spiritual. I believe in what I want to believe. You believe in what you want to believe. While we readily accept truths in other arenas, the effects of gravity, for example, or the rules of mathematics, we like to pick and choose when it comes to spiritual truth. So we're okay with the rules of mathematics. We're okay with the, the effects of gravity, you know, because we know, hey, if you if you violate gravity, you can hurt yourself and other people. Okay, when it comes to rules of mathematics, we've come to accept. I remember in high school, I took geometry and, you know, there were certain rules in order to get the answer right. You had to know those rules. You had to obey by those rules when it came to mathematics. Otherwise, the problem was wrong. There are, must be some rules, some laws that all people must follow all the time if this world is to make sense so there has to be some consistency across the board for every race ethnic group no matter where you grew up at no matter what country there has to be um some rules and some laws that that all people follow in order for this world to function properly okay when people follow these rules, <clears throat> society fun functions well. Thus, there must be some absolute truths set in place from the beginning of time 
that applies to all people in all times and places. See, there has to be some absolutes. And see, this is what God's word is. God's word is, is universal and it's absolute. It is consistent no matter what the situation, no matter where you grew up at, which rule, it is consistent. God set these rules, these truths, at the beginning of time for every for every human being to follow. Nobody gets to violate them. Okay. Nobody gets to change it because God set them in place. And we got a government who's changing things, okay, that are going against the word of God. We have, you know, society have bought into those things. And what do we see when that's now that that's happened? We see chaos. So we there must be absolute truth set in place from the beginning of time that applies to all people, all times and places. When people live by these truths, the world functions well. So this is the reason why our society is not functioning well, because we have deviated from God's truths. We've deviated. Ironically, tolerance, which embraces every kind of religion, idea, and beliefs, de de denies the existence of absolutes. So in order for you to um, believe in your religion, whatever that religion is, whether it's, you know, Buddhist, Islam, Hinduism, you have to deny some absolute truths that the word of God have set in place. But this is what tolerance to it. And so our world preaches tolerance. A godless society that we live in preaches tolerance. We just tolerate people. Just tolerate, just go along. If you're not going to say anything about it against it, then just don't say nothing at all. And so that's the mindset that the world want Christians to have. And I'm not saying we should get up here and argue you know, with people, but we should be standing on the truth. We should be in, and the Bible said in a kind way, it says, you know what, that's not right. Because this is what the word of God says. And I believe what the word of God says. The Bible makes it very clear that we do not determine truth. Rather, we discover truth. So I want to say that to you tonight. If you do not determine truth. Our, our godless society does not determine. Our government does not determine truth. Big mama, your big mama, don't determine truth. Okay. What we discover truth as you seek the Lord, okay, and become a believer and get saved and yield your life to, you discover truth, okay, now we're going to get into how you do that. I just go ahead and say it. You discover truth by getting to God's word. We are free to, we are free to ignore the truth if we choose. But we do so at our own risk. Now, you can choose to ignore the things of God if you want to. And I love the way this is said. You can choose to ignore it because we why we're free more agents. It's your choice. God still loves you, but guess what? 
You can ignore it, but you ignore it at your own risk. Okay? It's your choice. But the Bible reveals that the truth that makes the world work, that makes relationships work, that that and that determine the future. The Bible reveals those truths. It makes the world work, it makes relationships work, and determines our future. If you're in a relationship, if you want to have a healthy relationship, get into the word of God. Find out what God says about how to have a relationship, how the world works, okay, how to have a great future. God's truth gives us all that. His word gives us all that. So by studying these truths and by living by them, we discover the, the way life really works. So if you want to know how life really works, get to know God, get to know him through his word. God's truth set us free from a meaningless and chaotic life to a certain eternal future where life will always make sense and will always be fair, just, and full of joy. Okay. Life is going to make sense when you go by the truth of God's word. Now, it's not going to always be easy. Okay. It may not make sense right now. You may be going, you say, well, you may be saying, well, hey, what I'm going through right now don't make no sense. Well, it may not be making sense right now. Okay. But as you get to know God, and I guarantee if you stand on his truth, if you stand on his word, things will begin to make sense. That don't mean that you're going to get everything you want. But life will begin to make sense as you allow him to lead you. And it starts by knowing the truth of God's word. Okay, it'll be just and you're going to have joy. What does it say? Joy is not. It's not um, because of, but in spite of, in spite of what's that, what I'm going through, I still have joy. Okay, we're going to still have joy. You're going to still have joy. So let's go to my second scripture. It's Psalms 119, 9 through 16. And the song, this is song is David. But David started off by asking this question in, in verse 9. He said, how can a young man stay pure? Maybe you want to know that. How can I stay? How can, and this is a good question. How can I stay pure? How can I, it answers the question of my message tonight. Well, how can I live for God in a godless society? He answered, he just phrased it. How can I stay pure in this godless society, in society where everything is going on, everybody's doing what they want to do. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to do. How do I stay pure in this God's house? So it says by obeying your word. He answers the question by telling God about obeying your word. It goes and says, I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wonder from your commands. So he's saying, hey, in order for me to stay pure, in order for me, I got to obey you. He said, don't allow me to wander from your command. He said, I've tried hard to find you. So if you're looking for God, let me say this. You say, I'm looking for God. I'm looking for truth. Well, how do you find it? You find it. It says, hey, don't let me wander from your command. Well, he's talking about the word. 
See, if you read the whole, actually the whole song, the 119, Psalms 119, you read it, it's talking about the word of God. He said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So David is saying, even if I don't have your word in front of me, the written word, I got it in my heart. I learned it. I've meditated on it. I put it to remembrance. So you know what? Even when I don't have it in front of me, it's in my heart. It's in my mind. I remember what you said. It goes on to say, I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. He said, say, teach me. God will teach you the truths. He will teach you. It goes on to say, I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. So regulations, what are regulations? The word of God. I have rejoiced in your law as much as, as in riches. Now here, look, look how David compares God's word to riches. He says, just as valuable. And the way people value money in our society, where as a believer, you have to value God's word more than riches. If you're going to live for God in this godless society, he said, I will study your word, your excuse me, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. Study meditating on his commandment and reflect on your ways by putting your ways to remembrance. He said, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your words. See, this is how you live for God. Choosing God's truth and getting to know him through his word. Okay. This is how we Get to know God through his word. Okay. And David makes it very plain. He starts off by saying, I love it. How can a young man stay pure? Pure, holy, righteous. How can I do that? By obeying your word. He makes it very, very simple. I love it. It's the, I love the simplicity of this because he makes it very plain. You got to know God's truth. But how do I do that? By getting in the word. The last scripture I want to deal with tonight is I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Then I'm going to kind of go back and work up to that because I think it needs to be done. So I'm coming from 2 Peter um, chapter 1. Verses 20 and 21. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Go back. Go back a ways. I'm going to go back to verse 12. <clears throat> and the subtitle, I'm reading from New Lemon Translate. It's talking about, it's saying, pay, paying attention to scripture. So if you want to know God's truth, if you're going to choose God, you got to know the scripture. So 12 says, it says, therefore, I will always remind you about these things. Even though you already know them and are standing firm in, in the truth. 
you have you have been taught. And it's only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as you live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you remember these things after I'm gone. So here, Peter, he's he's talking to this church and he's letting them know, okay, I'm going to remind you of some things. You've already heard me say them. But I want to keep on reminding you because he makes the point, hey, I'm soon to leave this earth, but I want to make sure I work very hard. You remember these things even after I'm gone. So that tells me that it's okay um, for the word of God to keep reminding you of things that you already know. Because sometimes we need to rehear things. We need to rehear things over and over again. And this is what Peter is telling them. I want to keep making sure, you know, I'm just reminding you of some things. And 16 says, for we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendors with our own eyes. When we received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice of the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So Peter goes back to the time where they heard God speak, the father speak from heaven. They said, this is my beloved son, the king being further, whom I'm well pleased. He said, I heard this. He says, this wasn't some clever story that we made up. This is not something that we, some fairy tale that we decided to tell people just to get them excited. He says, we were there. We heard the voice, okay, when we was on that mountain. And I believe this probably talking about the, when they call us for the uh, transfiguration. He says, we heard the voice of God speak about Jesus. And so 19 goes on to say, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote for the, their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in our hearts. But here's what I want to get to. And this has been disputed, you know, all over. Well, let me, let me, before I read, let me say, let me ask the question. Here's probably, you probably heard well, and maybe you're saying this as you're watching me. Well, how do I know the Bible is true? How do I know that man didn't write it? And this is the argument that believers, we're going to get that maybe you're going to get. Maybe you're wondering that right now. How do I know that the Bible is true? Because we start off by saying, hey, I got to choose God's truth. Well, what is the truth? How do I know that the Bible is true? 
Let me read 20, 20 and 21 to you. It says, above all, this is what Peter said, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiatives. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. That's your answer right there. It's a no scripture has its own personal interpreted the prophets when they were speaking, because Peter made reference, he says, the reason why we can believe of the Old Testament scriptures is because the Old Testament scripture was talking about Jesus. And he said, we were right there and we heard the father speak and said, this is my beloved son. He said, because of that experience, he says, because of this experience, I, we have great confidence in the scriptures, in the message that the prophets proclaim. If you go back and look at the Old Testament, well, the, the prophets were talking about Jesus. He was talking about the things to come, what he would suffer, the things, how he would die on the cross, how he'd be crucified. The, the old prophets talked about Jesus. And Peter said, okay, because we saw Jesus perform miracles and all this. And it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing that, and we're going to get into that. God is saying, here's what Peter is saying. That you can have more confidence in the scriptures than what did he what he had when he was present with Jesus and heard the voice? Because think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Even after hearing that, they still didn't believe who Jesus was. So it says most people would give anything to have been one of Jesus' disciples, just like Peter, and personally witness all the miracles he did and hear his teaching. They think that if they had physical, physically been present with Jesus on the earth and had been an eyewitness of all Jesus did, they would surely have been strong believers. But that isn't what um, Peter, he's not saying that. Peter said that by faith, said that faith that comes through scriptures by the revelation of the Holy Spirit is, is actually is better than being there. Now, this is what Peter was saying. See, and I know maybe you're saying, well, hey, I would be, man, I would love have been when Jesus performed the miracle, how he turned water to wine, how he opened blind eyes, how the, the lame walk, the deaf talk. Well, Peter is saying here, I was there for all that. He was there for all that. Okay. But he's saying here that we have something better we have the word of God, which has been revealed through the Holy Spirit. And see, so let me go and say this now. I might be ahead of myself. See, we have the Holy Spirit is our advantage. You, you got to get this. So you may be thinking, well, if I, 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 if I was there with Jesus and I could see things and 
been there, man, I would have really believed. Nah, you you can't say that because Peter is saying, hey, hey, even though he was there, he said, now I got the word. The, the difference between us now is that they saw Jesus in the flesh, but we got the Holy Spirit, which is the upgrade. We have the upgrade. One of the things they were talking about Thursday night, our Bible study, you know, and you need to go back and listen to it. We talked about how the Holy Spirit, we, it give us, it's, it's give us what we call revelation knowledge. We have the upgrade. Otherwise, what we have, the word of God is what we have, which God inspired men to write through the Holy Spirit. We, it is better than us being there. Okay, it is actually better. Just like the iPhone. Okay, we got iPhone 13 now. Okay, I think iPhone 13, 14. Okay, remember iPhone 1? Some of you probably had iPhone 1. Okay, iPhone 13 and 14 is so much better than the first one. Okay, it's so much better. It's the upgrade. The Holy Spirit is the upgrade. Of Jesus. That's why Jesus said, I go away, but I'm going to send you something better. I'm going to send you a comforter. See, but what has happened is that we have reduced the Holy Spirit down to just a shout and a dance and speaking in tongues. And all those things are wonderful. But the Bible, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be our counselor, our advisor to speak to us. And he will speak to us in every situation. He will give us advice on everything, no matter how small we think it is. It says we can actually know God better through the revelation of his word than if we have some physical manifestation or audible voice. Think about that. I know some of you hard to believe that. Once again, they talked about this Thursday night, how look at take Adam and Eve. They talked about Adam and Eve on Thursday night. I once got a challenge you to go back and listen to our Bible study, for example. They walked, look at Adam and Eve, they walked and talked with God in the cool of the day, in the garden of Eden, yet they did not realize really know God the way we can know him through scripture. Adam and Eve walked with God. And, and because of that, they fell prey to the lie, to the lies of a talking snake who slandered God. If if they would have had the benefit of revelation scripture, of revelation of scripture, they would have known that the Lord hadn't kept anything good back from them. They would have known that. Think about it. They walk, the Bible says Adam and Eve walk with God in the cool of the day. Now, me and you from the outside saying, man, that must have been an amazing experience to just walk with God in the cool of the day, have a conversation with him. But yet still, they fell prey to a talking snake and allowed the snake to deceive them and thinking that they was missing out on something. Okay. All we have, so all they had was their experience with God. And it was quite an experience. But most of us would eagerly trade what we have for what they had. But we actually have the advantage. 
we now we now know God through what the scripture has revealed in ways they couldn't have dreamed of. Think about that. We 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 have the advantage. I know you may be thinking, I thought that too. I thought it might be, man, it must have been awesome for them to see water turn to wine. The disciples saw Jesus raise somebody from the dead. I ain't never seen that still in my lifetime. Somebody raised from the dead. You, you probably said, man, I really would have believed if I had saw that. But Peter is saying here, even with all that, the word of God is better. The Holy Spirit is in us. It was in him. He says, hey, now we have something better than even what they had, which is the scriptures, which speaks the truth about God. Even Jesus, 12 Sabbath, didn't really know Jesus until his resurrection. They didn't even know what they were. They weren't satisfied with the physical presence of Jesus. They didn't fully recognize who he was. So who is the New Testament disciples who knew Jesus the best? It is the same disciple who wrote half of the New Testament and calls the apostle Peter, who I was just talking about, to say that some of his teachings were hard to understand. Now, who was that person? It was the, it was the apostle Paul. Paul, check this out. The apostle Paul wrote half of the New Testament. And he wasn't there. He didn't see Jesus. He didn't see the miracles performed. He didn't see people raised from the dead. He didn't see the lame walk, the dumb talk. Paul saw none of that. But he wrote half of, or more than half of the New Testament. And he said that I may know Christ in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Paul, matter of fact, Paul, God gave Paul the revelation of grace. It was a, a download from heaven. The When we hear about grace, that came straight from the Holy Spirit to Paul. Because Peter and the apostles, they never talked about grace um, when Jesus was with them. Matter of fact, they were looking at grace, but they didn't even know they were looking at grace. But Paul God gave him the revelation of grace. Gave it to him. But like I said, Paul never, he never saw Jesus in him. Paul, he, he didn't see Jesus while Jesus would walk on the earth in the physical body. He didn't know him the way Peter and the other apostles knew Jesus. Paul knew Jesus better than any other apostle did through the revelation of God's word. See, this is, I gotta, I gotta tell you, we have the advantage. We got the better part. We have God's word. And so the question is, well, how can I know the truth? Get into God's word and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you on how to live in this life, live in this ungodly society. This, this is saying that the scripture was divinely expired. So no man wrote this on his own. 
the Holy Spirit, when these men were writing, even the prophets of old, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. It was written. It was not written. It wasn't the writer's own revelation. Okay. It wasn't the right own writing. Nobody wrote the Bible knowing and say, okay, this is my own revelation. No, this is God. So if anybody want to question the authenticity of this word, this, this scripture right here, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, tells right here, it was inspired by God through these men. This is, this is a very clear statement that the prophecy of the Old Testament was not just the pains of men. Instead, they were God-breathed utterances, which can be totally trusted and relied upon. So you can rely on the scripture because of what Peter said here in 21, that it was the Holy Spirit moved on these men. This word move means to bear, to carry, to be moved. It means to bore along or to impel by the Holy Spirit's power, not acting according to their own will, okay? Or simply expressing their own thoughts. See, the Bible is not man expressing his own thoughts. These thoughts came through the Holy Spirit. And when they were writing, they were expressing the thoughts of God. Okay? But they weren't expressing their own thoughts, but expressing the mind of God in words provided and ministered by him. So before anyone can reap the full benefits of scripture, before you can reap the full benefits of scripture, you must first convince, be convinced that the scriptures are from God and not just man's opinion. So if you want to know the truth, see, in order to live for God in this godly society, you have to be fully convinced that the word of God came from God. And this, this is not man's opinion. You would say, well, I want to know what the truth is. Get into God's word and allow the Holy Spirit. Tell God, you know, I want to know you. I want to know the truth about how to live in this ungodly society, in this society that has so many things. What do I believe? How do I know it's true? Well, guess what? We have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, which is our advantage to know God deeper than the prophets of old, deeper than Adam and Eve, Noah, deeper than the disciples. Of, we have the Holy Spirit. Once again, don't reduce him down to just a dance and a shout or your emotions. No, he is your connection to knowing the truth about how to live in this world and be successful. But you got to trust, first of all, Believe whenever you when you read the word of God, these are God's words. But as long as you have this mindset that, well, you know what? I'm not sure of it. Man wrote it, you know, uh, so I can't trust it. Then you're never going to read the full benefits of it. But you have to believe by faith 
that when you read reading God's word, that God is speaking to you. These are God's words that he left for us so we can live for God in this God of society. Let me pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word that went out tonight. I thank you, God, that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. God, pray for every person that's hearing the sound of my voice that you begin to give them revelation. Now, first of all, God, by faith, I believe, I believe that you reveal to them that these are your words, that they will embrace the scriptures as your words speaking to them, that you left them a manual and instructions to live for you in this ungodly society, in this ungodly culture. And I pray for those who are doubting right now, who are doubting. I pray to God that your Holy Spirit reveal to them Speak to them through the scriptures. God, give them a word that these words were inspired by you. And God, begin to lead and guide and direct them, God. Allow them, God, to put more faith in the word, in your words that you have inspired through men and women that you left for us to get to know you, that your word is true. That everything outside of your word that contradicts your word is a trick of the enemy, is a lie of the enemy. And say that we bind you right now. We come against those who devalue and discredit the word of God. God, I, But God, I know that you are going to speak, even in the midst of all that confusion, God, I know you're going to reveal the truth to those who want to know. And I praise your name. And I give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening tonight. We will be back with you again next week on another part of Living for God in a Godless Society. Thank you and bye-bye.